welcome to the Constructionist Podcast, hosted by Caleb. Just as we grow gardens and build buildings, God is building you through the renewing of your mind. The sufficiency of the scriptures is paramount in your journey, and every week, Caleb will challenge you to make them a central part of your life and worldview. Join us now as we explore the world through the ancient lens of God's word. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Constructionist Podcast. This is a place where we pray that you will be built up in your mind, in your heart, in your faith, and in your life. And so now, in this episode, we want to read Psalm 92, and in here we're going to discover something about God is what we will discover, which the Psalms are good for things like that. If you've never read the Psalms, I would encourage you to do it. The Psalms are essentially God's book on, in some ways, psychology. Proverbs and Psalms are books of thinking, of books of doing, of books, they're books of feeling, and in some ways, uh, well, in many ways, reflecting how God feels and thinks and does things as well. It's particularly the Psalms is uh, an expression of the human soul is what it really is. And so I would heavily and highly encourage you to read through the Psalms. Try reading a Psalm a day. Uh, just get into the habit of doing it. And I think you'll be blessed when you do. So we're going to read Psalm 92 in the King James authorized version. Verse 1, a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. So this is a song that you should read when you are having a day off. If not the actual Sabbath day itself, Saturday, whatever day you have that's a day off. And just meditate upon what it says. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Now, I like the way in the Psalms, there's a shift of tense there. So notice it says, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And then it shifts, and to sing praises unto thy name or unto your name. So it's like he's making a statement, and then he addresses it to God. And you'll find that happens a lot in the book of Psalms. And to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp, and the solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the work of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. And when the wicked spring up as grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. So that's just through verse 8, and it goes on to verse 15. We could read the whole thing, but we're only going to stop at verse 8. So here God is given a name, and it is in verse 1, O most high. Sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. So the name Most High is applied to God a number of times in the Psalms. And it is a name that describes almost more his position, really. But let's think it through. God Most High. Okay? So God 
by definition, has to be all-knowing. He has to be able to see all things everywhere. And he has to be all-powerful. Now, the instant I say that, it makes people shudder. Makes some people shudder. The fact that I said God knows all, that he sees all, that he has all power. Because people don't like that about God when they have issue with bad things happening, right? So we read here in verse 7, a brute sick verse 6, a brutish man knows not, neither does a fool understand this, when the wicked spring up as the grass and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it's that they may be destroyed or that they shall be destroyed forever. What do you do with wicked people? What do you do with bad things happening? God is most high. So we have to get our mind around this. We have to think correctly about God. God is most high. God has power. If God really did create the entire universe and all that's in it, if God really did create the earth, if God really did create you as a person on the earth, and if God really does know your innermost thoughts, then why does God allow wickedness to carry on? Is God really a loving God that he allows wickedness to go on? If he is a loving God and yet wicked things happen, evil happens, bad things happen, then is God not really a loving God? Or is he a loving God that doesn't have enough power to destroy or stop all the bad things happening? So let's think about this for a minute. God is most high. So when you're in a balloon floating up, a hot air balloon, or let's say you're on an airplane flying at 35,000 feet, you look down, and I've done this many times, many times have I been in airplanes and I've looked down and I've seen tiny little ships on the sea and I've seen huge mountain ranges that are just like small bumps on the horizon when you're in an airplane. And I've looked down and I've seen cars going down winding roads and you're in an airplane looking down or and you see the tops of clouds. You don't see the bottoms of clouds. You see the tops of clouds. Uh, and I remember once flying over Lake Michigan and seeing the whole of Chicago from a distance right up against the lake, a beautiful sight. The higher you get, the higher your perspective, the broader your perspective is. And so when it's that broad, you're able to see much further. So exponentially increase that to the most high, to God most high. He's looking out over the entire universe and sees it all. But also, just as we watch our children or we watch our spouse, you know, we've been married, my wife and I have been married over 22 years. And I know what she likes and I know what she doesn't like. And I know how she'll respond to things. And my kids will come up to me and they'll say, Dad, let's do this for mom for her birthday. And I'll say, no, no, mommy isn't going to like that for her birthday. Oh, why? Because my kids are teenagers. (laughs) They haven't haven't lived with her as long. They think they know her and they do know her, but they don't know her. Follow me? (laughs) Because I've been with her longer. So God, who's been around for as long He can see into everything. He knows everything. It's hard to explain this. He's most high. But it also says here in verse uh, 5, 
O Lord, how great are your works, and thy thoughts are very deep. So God is most high with very deep thoughts. He thinks deeply about things. He sees into people because his perspective is the widest perspective and the deepest perspective. He is most high. So God knows when wicked people are doing wicked things. God knows when wicked people think wicked things. God knows when wicked people intend to think about wicked things. God knows. And God has two solutions to this problem of wickedness. Solution number one is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus came and put himself into the hands of wicked men pretending to be holy, which is the worst kind of wicked person. When a wicked man or woman pretends to be holy and thinks that they are, and then they destroy that which really is holy, that is wicked. That is really bad. And Jesus put himself into the hands of those people and they killed him. But something good came out of it because his death couldn't be kept permanent because he never committed any sin. And so he legally was freed from the penalty of sin, which is death, and was able to acquire eternal life. He resurrected from the dead. And by faith now, we are able to partake of that. Why? Because he is most high. He is human. He, he was the man most high. Let's put it that way. He was most high man. So Jesus, who walked on the earth as a normal human being, but not normal because he was God in the flesh. He was the fullness of God in bodily form. So, but yet he divested himself. He, he stepped aside from the glory of being divine, but still retained his place in the Godhead. His position as the son of God was not taken away from him. And so as a result, he was able to now offer this salvation to all people because he is most high. He has the position of most high. And most high, the, the most high is able to, uh, to give that salvation to anyone who comes to them and acknowledges them as most high, which is exactly what I hope you have done. And so uh, that then gives you that salvation. So a wicked person, and I've read stories of, of men who, like for instance, the famous story of Corey Ten Boom. I don't know if you've ever read about Corey Tenboom, but she and her sister, um, I just blanked on her sister's name, Corey and, I forget. Anyway, her sister was lovely. It says Corey. But they were treated very badly by a particular man, a German prisoner of war, prison camp leader. He was one of the soldiers, guards in the prison camp. Treated them terribly. Uh, Betsy, Betsy Tenboom was Corey's sister. He kicked her in the ground. He yelled at them. He treated them like dirt. But he later became a believer and Corey had to forgive him. I mean, imagine the, the vision coming back to her as she stood there with this man talking to her, remembering her sister being kicked with his boots in the mud and, and her death then in the prison camp. And so, and just the anger and the bitterness that would come up in her. And yet she, as soon as she chose to forgive, the Most High gave the power 
to her to forgive because he has the most high, the most ability. He has the highest ability to forgive. And he gave that ability to her and she was able to forgive as he forgave him uh, who came to the Lord Jesus and asked for forgiveness of sins humbly and contritely. And my wife just finished reading a book about a lady who was an American missionary in Papua New Guinea. And she also was in a prisoner of war camp and also was treated very badly by a Japanese man. And my wife said at the end of that, I'm now reading the book. I haven't read this bit yet, but my wife said at the end of the book, she discovered that the Japanese uh, leader, the, the guard who was in control of the camp, very wicked individual, also came to know the Lord and also found this new life. So God is able to deal with, with evil in that way. If someone is evil, God is offering a, a, the, uh, the, the ability, God is offering them a new heart is what he's doing. So that's one way that God, that's the quickest and simplest and most straightforward way to eradicate evil is tell people about the Lord Jesus and tell them that he is able to give them a new heart. And when that is done, people change and they become new creations, it says. Now, the other way that God will deal with evil it says right here in this passage that we read, But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered, it says. So God is going to come at some point, read Revelation 19, God is going to come at some point in the person of Jesus Christ, and he is going to conquer. So there's two different messiahs. Okay, there is the Messiah that suffers, like Joseph in Egypt, suffering in prison. He was not uh, guilty of anything, but he was put into prison and he suffered. Okay, but then and then eventually he was released from prison and he was able to. And he even says, "God allowed all this to happen so that I can save many persons alive." He says, so he basically became the savior of the world. Uh, but Joseph never conquered anything. He was the suffering servant who then became the the second in Egypt to, in order to bring about, uh, the, to save the lives of, of hundreds of thousands of people, you know, because of the famine and all that stuff. David, Jesus is also in the character of uh, the son of David. So he's the son of Joseph on the, on the hand that he suffered and conquered death. But he's also uh, the son of David. He has not yet fulfilled the character of being the son of David, the conqueror. So when David came, he conquered Goliath. When David came, he conquered the Philistines. When David came, he conquered all of his enemies. So every battle that David fought, he came out as the conqueror. He's the one that, that won the battle. And so there's this scene then in uh, David's life where he, him as king puts on the crown of other of the king of Moab, I think. I can't remember exactly. But he takes on a dish. So he's been crowned with many crowns. That's the picture of David. And that is who Jesus will be when he comes back. So all of those wicked people who have not turned to the Lord yet and been changed like the German and the Japanese prison guards... If you don't do that kind of thing, then you will be destroyed. So wickedness is dealt with in two ways. One, by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And two, by Jesus himself coming to bring judgment. Because anyone who does not turn before Jesus comes back will be 
judged. So you can either have your sin judged now on the cross, or you could have your own your sin judged by Jesus Himself when He comes. And then the the option of the cross is not no longer an option. Okay. So God's thoughts are very deep, and it and then the very next bit after it says that is about wickedness. This is how God has dealt with wickedness. How God deals with evil. He does it in this way. And even us as believers, uh, you know, we can have times where we have to give God our thoughts. So when you read the scriptures, bear this in mind very, very clearly. When you read the scriptures, you are actually understanding the deep thoughts of God, but you may not understand them. (laughs) So you can read the scriptures. Someone can sit down and read the scriptures, but one of the prerequisites to fully understanding the scriptures is to have a humble heart toward God to let him speak to you. God will illuminate through his spirit what he has written in the scriptures. So as you read them, you begin to acquire God's understanding of things. Okay, so you learn God's mind. If I'm thinking something, like for instance, this very podcast, I'm I'm saying out these things, which means that you now understand what's on my mind. And so when we read the scriptures, these are the things that God has said. So in the process of reading them and being humble enough to receive what is written, then you will gain then an understanding of the mind of God. That's how it works. And so... Uh, so the deep thoughts that are there, you will get a better understanding of as you read. So present yourself to God and let him speak to you. Let God's spirit speak to you. This will build you up. This will strengthen you. This will uh, put you in a position where you will discover that, yeah, there are liars out there. Yeah, there are people that deceive. There are people that do wicked things. There are terrorists. There are murderers. There are rapists and kidnappers. Those people are out there, but we shouldn't let that get to us in the sense of, oh no, what's this world coming to? Because things are actually going to get worse. When lawlessness increases, the love of many grow cold. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 24. Because lawlessness increases, the love of many will grow cold. And we are seeing lawlessness, law slowly degrading before our eyes. Law is slowly degrading just in the last couple of years. And so this kind of thing will happen, but God does have a solution. It's in the gospel of Jesus Christ now, or it's in his coming in the future to destroy all wickedness at that point. So God bless you. Read the Psalms. They are beautiful and you will gain much from them. And I would also encourage you to read uh, a chapter of the gospels every day as well and get to know the Lord Jesus Christ. you for taking the time to listen to our podcast if you are challenged and encouraged by what you heard today please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like you're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com that's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com and remember to leave a comment at itunes spotify or anywhere that you listen to podcasts